third win against the top ten, and the Orange had them all away. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into my heart. Three for the win battle. Bang! Boom! As the Orange do it again, the cardiac juice comes through on the road one more time. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us. Alongside Seth Goldberg, I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Friday edition of Orange Nation. We are brought to you in part by Dunn Tire. Just one guest lined up for you today. We'll talk with our Vegas insider, Kevin Todd, at 115, as we do every Friday. And uh, Seth, my strategy, I'm going to keep it the same. The last two weeks, I am 4-0, and personally 4-0, and uh, with my picks, with my strategy of during commercial breaks, I try to find some nuggets I make my picks based on what I find during the show. Stop listening to other people. And I was tempted last night. I had some time last night. I was tempted last night to to start put together my picks. I've got it going in the right direction. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the strategy from the last two weeks. I'm just gonna work on it during the show. Four and zero. I'm climbing back into it. Kevin did not have a good week uh, last. Are we tied now? I think we're tied. Uh, I'll have to do the math. It's pretty darn close in any event. Uh, so I'm back in it. So we'll do our picks uh, coming up at 115. Uh, we've got some basketball certainly to talk about. Uh, the SU men's basketball squad tipping off the preseason on Wednesday. Uh, we do have the ACC preseason media poll now. Uh, media day, of course, was on Wednesday. The preseason poll released yesterday just as we got off the air. Uh, and we're not always right with our predictions, Seth. We were right on uh, we were. With yesterday. I said they were going to be picked to finish 10th in the conference. Sure enough, they're picked to finish 10th. We went over earlier in the week, who we thought would be ranked below them in the conference. And we got all and five we got of those right. right. We got it right. So we even, even mentioning Georgia Tech as a step above because they have two good returning players, and they were right and above. sure enough. And sure enough, Ben Lammers and Josh Okogie, both named to all ACC preseason teams. So we'll talk so, some yeah. basketball, certainly, as the show moves along. We'll get you set for another NFL weekend. That game last night was atrocious. I don't know how many people watched it. Uh, Joe Flacco out. Uh, we can talk about that, certainly. I'm sure we'll probably get no, into thanks. that with, uh, with Match no Brigandi. I, I had no interest in that game. No interest in that game. I did there not is watch a debate about the injury to Joe Flacco. Left with a concussion, in case you didn't see it. Uh, Kiko Alonso uh, drilled him as Joe Flacco was sliding for a first down. Uh, shoulder to the head. Helmet popped off for Flacco. Left with a concussion. Had a cut on his ear. Needed stitches. Uh, we can uh, get into whether or not you thought that did, that uh, that hit was dirty. Uh, we'll talk to, about that certainly later in the show. I, I want to begin, though, Seth, with, with college football. And we'll get a, a good look tonight at SU's next opponent we've seen florida state play quite a bit this year and we know the the deal by now the seminoles two and four on the season oh and three in tallahassee now they've lost to good teams uh for the most part they're on the road tonight at boston college uh bc four and four on the season two and three in acc play uh, so this is a chance for all of us to to get a look at Florida State, and again, their their record is deceiving to some degree. We're we're not used to seeing Florida State two and four, but they have lost to some good teams, and the games have been relatively close. But this is clearly not the Florida State team that we've seen in years past. Oh yeah, no that that much is obvious, and uh, you know if if we're being honest, it's because there is no quarterback on this team, right? You you lose DeAndre Francois, who. Uh, was a very, very good quarterback, a, a top quarterback in the country. Um, and you replace him with a true freshman who's got no experience, who just isn't very good, um, you know, and, and he has struggled mightily this season. 
um, in that position. And so I, I guess when you're you know looking at Florida State, that is a team that it comes down to the quarterback, and that's amazing because they've got good players at all these other positions, and they've got Jacquez Patrick, who's a great, a great weapon in the running game, but they have not been able to get it going uh, because they lost their quarterback in game one. Now, granted, they've lost to some pretty good teams, um, and, and it's not like they are losing uh, you know, every week to, to Pitt and Boston College, um, but still... They, they've struggled this year, and they haven't looked good, which is more important than, than wins and losses. And I know that DeAndre Francois is out. He got knocked out of that opener against Alabama, but he doesn't play defense. And that Florida right. State defense only gave up 24 points to the best team in the country in the opener. They've given up 27 to NC State, gave up 31 in a loss to Louisville, uh, 24 in that loss to Miami, including a game-winning drive. It looked like Florida State was going to win, and then Mar- Miami marches right down the field, scores a late touchdown, and and, and gets out of that uh, game uh, with its perfect record still intact. Uh, 24-20 was the final in that one. So, uh, again, the Florida State defense, I think, um, has been an issue this year. Maybe not as much as the offense because of no DeAndre Francois, but uh, to give up you know, 27 NC State, 31 to Louisville. And, you know, Louisville's got the, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. I get that. Um, but you would expect better out of Florida State and yes, uh, yes, you do. You you expect better. Uh, you, that that's what it comes down to, right? You expect this defense to you know maybe not allow twenty points to Wake Forest, right? That's it's kind of what we've come to to know. Yeah, you look Florida at the, you look at the two conference wins, the, the two Wake wins. Wake Forest period. and Duke. Yeah, Wake Forest and Duke, and they were both by a touchdown. And they were both on the road. Florida State beat Wake 26-19 on the road, uh, beat Duke a couple weeks back 17-10. Defense got it done in those games, but against lesser opponents. So we'll see what Florida State does tonight at Boston College. I know we're talking about the defense here, and you mentioned that. They haven't scored more than 28 points, which, you know, if we know Florida State over the last, what, four or five years, they're scoring a lot of points, and they haven't this year. Like, Sure, the defense is an issue, uh, but they haven't allowed, you know, more than 31. 31 was the most points they gave up. That's not that bad, you know, all things considered. They haven't scored, and I think that's a much bigger problem for the Seminoles. They they just have not gotten on the board. So let me ask you this. Uh, at the beginning of the week, I said, I asked you to fill in the blank, and I said the SU football season has been blank uh, to this point for you. And, and we debated that, and you said, uh, what was your line? Unexpectedly expected, which, okay, not sure that makes a ton of sense. I understand your point. You you thought they'd be 4-4, and not with a win over Clemson, not with a loss to Middle Tennessee, and and they've looked so good. And not with the defense kind of sort of leading the way. Close losses to really good teams. I I get what you're saying. I I use the word encouraging to fill in the blank for me. If we were going to ask the same question about Florida State, if you were going to fill in— is that yeah? I was gonna say disaster, right? <laughs> yeah. The, the yeah, season I mean, so far is. for Florida State has been blank. You say train wreck, I say disaster. Hey, it's it, again, people in Tallahassee, fans of Tallahassee, they're not used to seeing their team two and four, and yet to win at home. I mean, it's going to be November before they win a home game, right? I, I mean, that's insane. Uh, and look, three of their four losses are to top fifteen teams. It's Alabama, it's Mar- it's Miami, it's uh, and, and NC State. So they're good teams, and then your fourth loss is to the Heisman Trophy winner, uh, but you've lost a bunch of games at home already. You've lost three games in your own stadium. Uh, you, you're not looking good. Your offense is doing nothing. Um, it, it, it's just amazing to me seeing this this Florida State team struggle like this. I know they lost DeAndre Francois, but 
Derwin James is supposed to be really good on defense, and that shouldn't have changed. And Jaquez Patrick is a really good running back, and that shouldn't have changed. Uh, and it did. Let's play a little game, Seth. Okay. Overachieve, underachieve, or about what you expected. Let's go up and down the Atlantic Division, the ACC Football Conference. I want to know if each team is overachieving, underachieving, or about what we thought. So let's start with the first place team. This is an easy one. NC State, 4-0 in conference, 6-1 overall. Overachieving. Absolutely. Um, I, I mean, I expect them to be good. I did not expect them to be borderline top 10 good. Right? And like they've I got thought, a huge one this weekend. They got a trip to uh, South, South Bend. Bend. They play yeah. at Notre Dame tomorrow, three thirty kick. NC State up to fourteenth. And I mean, uh, in the they, polls, Notre Dame number nine. If they hadn't lost that opening weekend game, they played what Auburn? I, I mean, they played a or they, they played an SEC team. I want to say uh, that opening weekend they played South Carolina. Right, that's what it was. Uh, I, I mean, then you're talking about a team that's you know, if they had won that game, you're talking about a team that is in the top five probably. Right. I, I mean, look at what they've done. Look at their resume. Uh, had they not lost a game that, you know, looking back, like that's a game you should probably win, they're right up there. So that's an easy one. NC State definitely overachieving. NC State might be the story of the ACC season so far, certainly the surprise of the ACC uh, so far. Second place in that Atlantic division is Clemson at 4-1, and 6-1 and one overall. The you, one loss to you Syracuse. You have to say they're underachieving, right? Do you? Don't you? Well... I think initially you would say, well, they're, you know, they, they lost, so they're underachieving. Right. I will say this. Let's go back to last year. They lost to Pittsburgh and they sure. won the national title. And they lost to Pittsburgh at home. So I'm going to say, just for the sake of being a little different, I'm going to say they're about what we thought, right? I mean, they're still, well, st- they're still in the mix. And if, if they win out, they're, they're going to the college football playoff. But and- they're not what we thought. Right, they're they're not because well, we thought we thought that Clemson and Alabama were in a class to themselves before and the they season. Aren't. Though before the season, we said good defensively. Not sure about this offense. Is Kelly Bryant going to be Deshaun Watson? There were some question marks surrounding Clemson. So if they're if we're talking about overachieving, underachieving, or or, or about what we thought. Again, I think you can make a strong case for they're about what we thought. They are dominant on defense. They lost a game in which their quarterback was banged up to start, got hurt, left with a concussion. It was a road game, you know, Friday night, all the stuff that went with it, and, and they lost. And they got tripped up a year ago as well, and they won the national title. So I hear what you're saying. You know, we expect them to be better. We thought it was Alabama, Clemson, and everybody else. It turned out to be just Alabama and Alabama everybody else. Alabama and everybody, right. Um, but if you go back to before the season, I think there were question marks about Kelly Bryant and the offense, and they lost a lot of weapons on that side of the ball. They are very good on defense. They were they not are. against Syracuse. No. Syracuse won that game. Syracuse outplayed them. Well, they were pretty good I Syracuse only scored 27 points. Like that's not That is not what you would expect out of a no, dominant defense. Not though. against not against Syracuse. Uh given what Syracuse has been. But I would say that I I mean Syracuse made mistakes. Like I I didn't think Clemson's defense was terrible in that game. It just wasn't where you're used to it being. Yeah, well, the fact that Syracuse went down and scored right away, and then, again, I mean, they matched Clemson you know, right. blow for blow, and, and every time we thought, you know, when they when Clemson ran back that fumble for a touchdown, I think a lot of people believed, all right, this is where Clemson is going to take over and pull away, and it just didn't happen. And, again, give a lot of credit to Syracuse. I mean, Syracuse went out and won that game. Yep. So for whatever, whatever the reasons are, Kelly Bryant was banged up, then he left early, you know, Syracuse had the emotion in the crowd and a Friday night game and national TV and everything that went along with it. 
that one night, Syracuse put it all together. Last year, at Clemson on a Saturday afternoon, Pitt put it all together and knocked off Clemson, and the Tigers still went on to win the national title. Right. So, so I'm going to say they're out, right. I'm going to say they're right where we thought they would be, which is in the mix for a national title. Yeah. Look, let, let's put it this way: If NC State wins out, they're going to be in the playoff. If if Clemson wins out, they're going to be in the playoff. If Miami wins out, they're going to be in the playoff. Um, like it, it is that simple. Let me right? ask you this: We'll get back to our game in a second. You you didn't say Notre Dame. If do you if th- Notre Dame wins out, they're probably in the playoff too. Yes, it's not as cut and dry with Notre no, Dame. No, because they're not in a conference, right? So they're not conference champions. And oh, by the way, they won't be playing that last weekend before everybody puts their 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 final force together. That didn't matter for Ohio State last year. But Notre Dame won't have that opportunity to play that one more game. Um, I think that, in a way, it helps Notre Dame to be an independent because they can build their schedule however they want. And when you look at it, they do that and and they put some some games on there and they build a, a, a schedule. I mean, Georgia uh, going to Georgia, go uh, going to Michigan State, having USC on the schedule plus NC State and Miami uh, in in conference, and they go to Stanford the last week. Like, there's not another, like, I, I don't think there's another team in the country that plays a schedule like that this year, um, but they're not in a conference. So it's hard to say, like, 11 and 1 Notre Dame is really, really good. It would be very difficult for the committee to leave Notre Dame out if they run the table because their resume yes. would look like Incredible. this. Only loss would be to Georgia, who is right now the the third-ranked team, by one to Georgia, crushed Michigan State, crushed USC. That would include wins over NC State, Miami, and Stanford, all ranked teams right now. Miami's in the top 10. NC State's borderline top 10. Stanford escaped last night and is is in the top 25. ugly. It was very ugly, but Stanford put together a game-winning drive at the very end, converted a fourth and 10, uh, scored with under a minute to go, and escaped with a win. Did you notice, by the way, they ran the same play for? Four times in a row they did. on the, the two-point conversion and two-point conversion. Yes, I happen to be like, watching the game. They're like, "You're not stopping this," and they were right. They were. They, well, they got the touchdown, didn't get the two-point conversion, but uh, Stanford does uh, survive there. So again, the resume for Notre Dame would be only lost by a point to Georgia, and then wins over Michigan State, USC, which that were blowouts. Be, NC State, Miami, Stanford. Very difficult for be, the committee to leave them out. That would be very, very hard for them not to be in. Let's get back to uh, the Atlantic Division now. Uh, Syracuse overachieving, underachieving, about what we expected. Overachieving, probably right. Yes. I mean, they beat Clemson. They they played tough on the road at an NC State and at an LSU. You've got to say they've overachieved. And right now, Syracuse uh, in third place in that conference at two and two. Uh, Boston College two and three in conference, four and four overall. My initial reaction before I kind of looked at you know the schedule and the stats. My initial reaction was, oh, BC's a little bit better than we thought. I think BC might be a little bit better than we thought, or we say that because of the fact that they beat Louisville. But let's keep in mind, Louisville is down as well. They've got four losses, Clemson, Wake, Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, and they, they got crushed by all of them. I mean, they lost by double digits. So, you know, how good is Boston College? They've got two conference wins. One was against Louisville, which was a little eye-opening. Uh, and, Virginia and the other one was against Virginia. Good. Virginia's been good this year. <sighs> Is it like the NFL though, where you say no. parity is mediocrity? I no. mean, is it you know is Virginia just a mediocre team that's you know maybe a little more mediocre than we thought? Probably. Yeah, probably. So they're I'm just like say, that step above mediocre. So I'm going to say, even though when I put together this exercise, I thought I was going to say BC was overachieving. I'm going to no, say they're, they're about about, about yeah. what we thought. They're four th- and four. They're two and three in the conference. They're about what we thought. The thing that's amazing is that they've scored forty points in back to back weeks. 
I mean, they, they, they didn't score 80 points. It didn't feel like they scored 80 points all of last season. And they scored 86 points over over the course of the, the last two weeks. Uh, so that is where I would say it's unexpected. There's a log jam at 2-3 and three in the conference. So BC's at 2-3, and 4-4 four and four overall. Louisville also 2-3. and three. Easy disappointment. Easy, yes, easy one. Got crushed by Clemson. Uh, lost to NC State. Uh, NC State's good, but lost that game by two touchdowns, and then lost to Boston College, which is a, a little bit of a head scratcher. And they just have no offensive line, and their defense can't stop anybody. They've allowed almost two hundred points already. I mean, they've allowed the most points in the ACC. It's like SU's That's, defense from yeah. a year ago. They, or I should say, they've allowed two hundred points in ACC games. Yeah. Yeah, and they've only played five, so right. gives you some idea of, of how poor they've been on the defensive end. Uh, Florida State two and three Easy as well. Easy, yes, uh, just a, a disaster uh, so far this year for Florida State and, and Wake Forest at one and three, four and three overall. Again, my initial thought was Wake feels a little bit better than, I mean, than maybe past let's years. Take a look at who they've beaten. Again, they beat well. They beat BC and they crushed them. Okay, uh, but but Pres- then they, they Presbyterian, lost. Utah State, right. and Appalachian State. Yes, like I, I'm not feeling. It there. Right. So are we going off the fact that they beat BC and they beat them pretty good? Um, I'll say that they're about what we expected. Now, their losses were close. They lost by seven to Florida State, lost by 14 at Clemson, which at the time, again, Clemson was undefeated, uh, and they lost by 14 at Georgia Tech. So they're okay. in games, but they're, you know, would you they're take, still Wake Forest. Would you take, by the way, the uh, the... Georgia, te- the Wake Forest way of scheduling and having Presbyterian, Utah State, and at Appalachian State on your slate. This is the debate we've had for years with Duke. Their fourth, by the way, their fourth, their fourth non-conference game is going to Notre Dame in in two weeks. But that's not by choice. No. that's by rotation right. with the, with the ACC. Right. So. I mean, this is the debate we've had. That's what Duke did for so many years to to get back on track and to get the bowl games. And Wake was trying to do the same thing, set itself up for six wins in a bowl <laughs> might game. Not have worked. Well, they took care of business in the non-conference. They just they're they're not very good in conference. Right. Which uh, you know you can only hide uh, from the ACC schools for so long. How about this barn burner, Louisville and Wake this weekend? There's some interesting games on the slate, and again, that is it, not it, one of them. It's it starts with Florida State BC tonight. Uh, and and certainly NC State uh, at Notre Dame tomorrow. I mean, that's the marquee matchup. And and I think the winner of that one, the winner of that game tomorrow, I think all of a sudden the the pursuit for the college football playoff becomes real. Like, it becomes real yeah. for NC State. I mean, well, it, it, NC look, State, if, if NC State wins out, again, how do you leave them out? I mean, they technically control their own destiny. You, you don't leave a one-loss ACC champion out. You don't leave an undefeated ACC champion out. So... If it's Miami, if it's NC State, if it's Clemson, and they run the table, they all they, control their own destiny. All the, right. If they, if you run the table, they are in. Um, Notre Dame, I think it's a little bit trickier, but ultimately, if they run the table, I think they're in. Um, that might be the best thing, by the way, that happens to the ACC if Notre Dame runs really the table good. and gets left out. Oh, <laughs> they, well, then, yeah. oh, okay, maybe we will join the conference, and, well, then, yeah. and then you've got Notre Dame as part yeah. of the conference. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't think so. A lot of money involved. You know, they'd have to give up no, that. Uh, they don't. They they get their own TV contract. Right, they'd have not to give up that, that, that TV contract. <laughs> but you know, it, it. I don't know. I if if they run the table and get left out, which I don't think is going to happen, it won't. It, it would uh, it would force Notre Dame to to make a difficult decision about uh, their future and and not joining the conference or, or remaining independent. We do need to take a timeout. Phone lines are open. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. Back after this on Orange Nation. 
Hummel's Office Plus and Dunn Tire are proud supporters of Syracuse football coverage on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. WTLA North Syracuse, WSGO Oswego, W249BC Mattydale, W261AC Oswego, WTKWHD2 Bridgeport, ESPN Radio. Underway on ESPN Radio alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. 315-437-7644 is the number if you'd like to get involved. We spent that entire first hour, Seth, uh, talking ACC football. I want to kick off hour number two here uh, talking a little ACC basketball. The media poll for the conference released yesterday just as we left the air. And uh, no surprise, Duke uh, at the top of the conference standings receiving 57 of the 69 first place votes. Frankly, I'm surprised that it uh, wasn't uh, more than that. Uh, But some other teams getting some first-place love. North Carolina, seven first-place votes. Notre Dame got four first-place votes. Uh, Miami won. Uh, Louisville uh, picked to finish fifth in the conference. No Rick Pitino, uh, but that team very, very talented. And um, it sounds like, based on some of the comments from the players at Media Day, it sounds like Louisville uh, actually likes practices a little bit more now with uh, with Rick Pitino gone. I mean, who could have imagined? Right? Who, who could have imagined that Dan, he's uh, that he's an intense guy at practice? I don't know if you've heard this story, but uh, I'll, I'll share it anyway. Danny Shays, when we were on the pregame last year, we were talking about this. Uh, you know, they play against Rick Pitino's team. I said, "Hey, you you were here when Pitino was an assistant. Like, what's your what's your Pitino story?" And he said that when they did something wrong, like made a foul or so, something, the punishment was this thing called a minute on the bricks, in which you put bricks on your back and had to shuffle. Across the, the oh, key. that is brutal. And they had to do it a certain number of times within a minute. And if they didn't do it, they had to do it again. And I was just like, "That sounds terrible." That does. I mean, that hurts. That, sounds terrible. that hurts me just thinking about it. That's brutal. Sounds awful. And um, and, and I I've told a a Patino story where I was sitting in that back corner at the Louisville game last year. Like it's it's kind of off to the side near the opposing team's bench. But it's like a good 30 feet from the opposing team's bench, right? It's it's, it's pretty far from the court. And I hear this high-pitched shrill as Louisville makes a substitution. And I look over, and he is, and, and Patino is about eight inches from Anas Mahmoud's face. And I'm just like, if I can hear that here, what's that sound what like, that like there? Yeah. 
Well, so you, I'm not surprised that they're enjoying practice more. As you pointed out, uh, three Hall of Famers at ACC Media Day on Wednesday. Uh, Rick Pitino, obviously, uh, no longer there. We uh, we predicted, I, I said early in the week, I thought Syracuse would be 10th in the poll. Sure enough, uh, the Orange uh, checked in at number 10. Uh, Wake Forest, NC State, Clemson, BC, Pitt, all behind them. Uh, you pointed out that Georgia Tech would get the benefit of the doubt, the fact that they've got Josh Okoge back and Ben Lammers back. Uh, both of those guys, by the way, uh, on the uh, on the All ACC team, Okogi made the second team. Lammers made the first team, uh, but Georgia Tech picked to finish ninth, uh, right ahead of Syracuse. Uh, Tyus Battle did not make the first or second team. The thing I like about the All ACC team is that it actually is five on the first team, five on the second team. The way the AC, or the uh, Big East used to do it, it was like a hundred guys. Oh, would, really? You know, yeah, it would be. Oh. You know, they they would make it like fifteen guys would would make you know all, well, all Big fair. East honors. Um, but yeah, five on the first team. That's uh, Bonzi Colson from Notre Dame, Grayson Allen, uh, Joel Berry from North Carolina, Marvin Bagley the third from Duke, and Ben Lammers uh, from Georgia Tech. Bagley uh, also the uh, rookie of the year, so he's getting a lot of praise. Uh, I mean, he's also going to be the first pick in the draft, right? Uh, very, very well could be, uh, no doubt about that. So he was named rookie of the year in a landslide. Uh, the ACC preseason player of the year, Bonzi Colson. Uh, Barry and Allen both getting nine votes. They finished tied for second, but Bonzi Colson got 49 votes in that category. The second team, uh, Bruce Brown from Miami, Quentin Snyder from Louisville, Dang Adele from Louisville, uh, Josh Kogi I mentioned, from Georgia Tech, and Jerome Robinson uh, from BC. So, no ties battle, but uh, but again... Oh, Shane that- Brissett got a vote for rookie. He did. Um, Does rookie of the year not count transfers? Uh, that's a great question. Because in theory, they are rookies to the ACC. Like Andrew White last year was a rookie to the ACC. I'm not sure the the ruling on that. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's obviously Bagley is the yes. hands down favorite. I mean, he made, he made preseason first team in the ACC, as you pointed out, probably going to be the the first pick uh, in the draft. Duke is absolutely loaded this so year. Um, so it's uh, you know it's going to be an interesting thing to see how this Syracuse team handles what is a, a very difficult ACC conference yet again. Uh, Duke, Carolina, Notre Dame, Miami, Louisville all ranked in the top twenty-five. Virginia just on the outside. Virginia Tech supposed to be very good. A lot of guys back for Buzz Williams. Um, so we'll we'll see how this whole thing develops. But we'll get our first uh, look at the Orange on Wednesday in their first preseason game. Uh, what are you looking for out of out of Wednesday's game? Because I, you know, there's only so much you can tell from a preseason game. But what are you most looking forward to seeing? Uh, the team. I have not seen the team yet, so I'm just looking forward. That's to, right. You, you I'm missed just looking the, forward to the watching scrimmage. them. Yeah. yeah, I have not seen them yet, so I, I'm just looking forward to to watching them and seeing them in person and knowing anything about this team. We're going to get a starting lineup. That's true. Like we're we're legitimately going to get a starting lineup because you know we didn't in that scrimmage. Uh, or I don't, I don't right. think we did. Right. Well, Geno, uh, yeah, Geno Thorpe was out uh, with injury, rolled his ankle, and right. uh, yeah, they split up the guys. So there was no no definitive starting lineup. So that's a good point. Yeah. Who who starts? I don't think you can read too much into the rotations because no. it's an exhibition game. So they're going to no, try I, different things. But and yeah, I that, did that last year. I did that last year. I just I just marked down like every lineup combination. I said how like looked, an idiot. And, yeah. Well, not even that. Just just they they. It was something like thirty lineup combinations that they ran out there right. with with only scholarship guys. And I, I remember I came in, and I'm, I'm talking about it, and somebody's like, you know they would never run that many. I'm like, yeah, like that's not the point. Like The point is that they could if they 
wanted to. Like, that's not going to be the case this year, right? Like, they, they don't have 12 guys. They don't have, you know, tw- 12 guys that they feel good about playing as, as they did going into last season. Um, so, yeah, don't I, I wouldn't take anything away from what the rotation looks like. But, like, actually getting to see guys on the court and playing together. Um, you know, you mentioned Chukwu and, and Sidibe in, in the middle uh, earlier in the week. Interested in seeing them. Matthew Moyer, it seems like he's going to be a player for them this year. Want to see them. T- I just want to see the team. I just want to see basketball on the court and, and what this group can do. Yeah, fair enough. First and foremost, we get to see who the starting five is, at least right now, a week and a half uh, before the, the regular season opener. We need to take a timeout. Vegas insider Kevin Todd joins us on the other side. Keep it here.